Wait, it's Mother's Day? Is it May already? What day is it? What is my name and how many children do I have? I mean, it is one thing to have mom brain and it's a whole nother thing to have mom brain in quarantine fog. Are you feeling it? I get you. I'm totally feeling it. It is a crazy time. But hey, ladies, today is your day. We are celebrating you. So whether you are a mom or you have a mom, woo! it's Mother's Day and we are celebrating you. Well, I have to tell you, my, let's just say, highlight of momming in quarantine came just a couple of weeks ago. We are getting ready to head into week seven of quarantine homeschool. Now, I have four kids at home and we are quarantine homeschooling four kids. So we don't normally homeschool, so for us, this is a adventure, let's say. So we're all at home. My husband has set up his home office. I've set up my home office. The four kids have their work zones and we've kind of settled into a little bit of a routine. They get up, we have breakfast, everybody does their piano or their ukulele lesson, and then we do family devotions. And then it's into Zoom meetings. It is into our schedule, what we've got. And so, you know, as we've been going through this routine, I've been feeling like, okay, we've got this. I got them all set in their meetings. And I decided to sneak away just for a minute to jump in the shower. Now, you know, those few minutes that you get by yourself are pretty rare around the house when the house is full of people. So I was going to be so excited just to have this minute until the minute ended. And one of my children came in to the bathroom with her Zoom class on her iPad and said, Mommy, look! And we were all there together, her whole class and me in the shower. I kid you not. Now, I know you completely expect a very calm, very rational, very self-controlled response from someone like me. And so just like what you expect, I started screaming at her. I mean, literally screaming at her. Get out, get out right now. Now, she had her little headphones on. She couldn't really hear me. She didn't really know what was going on. And bless her heart, I mean, she had no idea that this was a problem at all. But I kept screaming. Drop the iPad, drop it right now. I don't care if it breaks, better if it does break. And you know, simultaneously, I'm trying to like dive down the drain and disappear. Well, she finally decided that her lunatic mom really was at a huge stress level and she got big eyes and ran out of the room. So, of course, I immediately start texting her teacher to tell her she needs to check this video before she posts it for the whole class, the whole school to be able to access on the website. Well, I text the teacher and then I get an immediate response back. Oh, that is so funny. This isn't her teacher. This is the room mom. Are you kidding me? I texted the room mom instead of the teacher. Well, I finally got a hold of the teacher and she sent me a screenshot of the Zoom picture. And you know what? I had angels of Zoom around me apparently because there was a little cartoon spot where my daughter should have been. And I do not know how it got there, but it was Jesus' little Mother's Day present to me apparently this year. Well, just like that, I became a pastor to Zoom bomber in one minute flat. Oh, momming. Momming in quarantine, it is so much fun. Well, I wanna give you a word, moms. I wanna give you a word to hold on to for today, or maybe this week, or maybe this entire year. And the word 
is persevere. Persevere! You can do this. We are going to persevere through this. There's a scripture in James 1.12, and it says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Now, I looked up the Greek just to make sure we all were on the same page when it says what trial actually means. And when you look it up in the Greek, the word trial translates as coronavirus, COVID-19, wearing masks in public, parks and beaches closed, social distancing, and Zoom embarrassment. It's all right there in the Greek. So I think it's all encompassed. But for real, this verse goes on to say, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. All right, maybe a sparkly tiara is sounding pretty good right now. Bring it on. Maybe that's not your jam, but regardless, here's what this scripture tells us all that we are, have a promise of life, a promise of life from God. Oh, so good. Now I did for real look up the Greek word for life here because the word is zoe. Zoe, such a good word. Zoe means life. And such a good word we named our first daughter after this idea. This Zoe life is not only physical life that the Lord gives us, but it is spiritual life too. It means that God is the one that has not only brought us into existence, that God is the one who sustains us. Do you need God to sustain you right now? Anyone? Raise your hand right now if you need God to sustain you. In fact, put it in the chat. What do you need God to sustain you in right now in the midst of quarantine? You see, perseverance means that you don't give up. Perseverance means that you hold on to hope. Perseverance means you hold on to faith. You hold on to love. You persevere in those things. What are the things that you need to persevere in right now? Because perseverance means you do it even in opposition. We do it even when it's hard. So how do we do this? How do we persevere? You know what? We need to name it. We need to hold on and we need to write it down what we want to persevere in. We need to speak it out. We need to claim it that this is what I'm going to persevere in today, right now. Let me give you a little secret. Listen, boring is beautiful. Now, what do I mean? Perseverance sometimes feels boring, doesn't it? I mean, you're doing the same thing over and over again. Boring is beautiful. Now, let me tell you what I mean. If you want to build wealth, you take a little bit of your paycheck and you save it over and over and over again. If you want to build generosity, you give a little bit of your paycheck over and over again. If you want to learn to read, you learn new words a little bit each day over and over again. If you want to build a friendship, you invest in a person a little bit at a time over and over and over again. You persevere. You are faithful. You repeat those actions. This is the stuff of perseverance. And when we persevere, we work those muscles, you get a strong, healthy perseverance muscle that is going to show up when you are feeling weak, when you are feeling like you are not able to, your perseverance muscle has been exercised and allows you to be able to continue on. 
Oh, persevering in our Bible reading, persevering in our prayer life, persevering in worship. These are the things that are gonna give us a healthy, strong perseverance muscle. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to use this phrase. Today, I need to persevere in this. Fill in that line. And I am gonna do this by this. Fill in that line. And I am gonna do this at this time. Fill in that line. Plan to persevere. You can do it. You can continue to persevere. Boring is beautiful. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Persevere, friends. Persevere. Happy Mother's Day! Well, Purpose Church, this is definitely a Mother's Day for the books. First, I wanna take the opportunity just to wish a happy Mother's Day to all those special moms and aunts and daughters and cousins and um, just special women that are in our lives today. You know, during the past few weeks, many of us have had to step up our role as parent or homeschool teacher, uh, chef, um, fitness coordinator, mm, professional playmate, even um, fixer of all bumps and bruises, you name it. And some days, you know, I'm excited to have this unexpected time to spend with my family. I mean, I had no idea our family could wear the same outfit for the entire week. You know, I like to think of it as our school uniform and it helps to keep down on the laundry. But those of you that have children or teenagers, by now you've come to realize that just feeding them is a full-time job. I mean, they wake up hungry. I'm thinking you ate three meals yesterday and, and that doesn't even include all the snacking. You know, what may have initially started as a time of joy, maybe time away from work, or working from home, sheltering with friends and families and pets, has quickly turned into, uh, maybe for some of us, a time of anxiousness and insecurity, of even hopelessness. You know, I've definitely had some conflicting emotions with challenges at work and adjusting to pandemic homeschooling, comforting friends who've lost their jobs or lost their loved ones and they haven't been able to go and visit or even say goodbye. You know, these are unprecedented times and yet God still reigns and he hasn't forgotten about us. So I wanna to talk to you today about restoration. You know, early on during the pandemic, I had high hopes for our family productivity and we made some great strides. I mean, our three boys, they share a bedroom and stuff had been accumulating in their closet for the past couple of years. So we decided we were gonna Marie Kondo it. I mean, take everything out and, you know, decide what brings us joy and give the rest of it away. I mean, look at this. We even put our boys to work. Now we gave away clothes and, and toys. We eliminated all this extra stuff that had just been accumulating over the years. It was preventing us from really seeing and enjoying the things that they had. Now, as you can see, I was very busy here overseeing their, their progress. But you know, God used this closet and this room cleaning experience to restore us to something simpler. To remind us that sometimes it's all the extra stuff in our lives that kind of gets in the way of our time with him. 
Well, as you might imagine, their closet and now even their room is a happy place, a place where they're able to find joy in the restored simplicity. In what ways are you able to find joy in restored simplicity? Now, I love the way 1 Peter 5, 6 through 10 puts it. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you, pandemic homeschooling parents, have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. You didn't know that there was a scripture that mentioned pandemic homeschooling parenting, did you? <laughs> you know, I believe God is using this suffering that we're all experiencing, whether it's personally or nationally or internationally, to restore us to simplicity, to ultimately make us strong and steadfast, to help us eliminate the distractions, the, the cluttered closet that takes us away from him. So what can we give the women that we love during this quarantined Mother's Day? Well, I've got two suggestions that I wanna leave you with that have to do with restoration and simplicity. First is opportunities to serve. <laughs> you know, in our household, we've tried to come up with a way to keep up this momentum of restored simplicity by teaching our boys that there are multiple opportunities to serve around the home. Now this might mean uh, cooking a full meal or mopping the floor or cleaning the stove. I mean, not just wiping the table, like some deep cleaning. Opportunities to serve teaches that there's an ongoing restoration that's required to enjoy experiencing a cleaned home and that we all have to take time and pour our energy into preserving this space that God has blessed us with. You know, women tend to take the lead when it comes to household duties and, and sharing this load with the family, those around us through these opportunities to serve is one way that we can help restore the women that we love. Number two, write an old-fashioned letter. Ah, you know, Mother's Day, especially this year, doesn't have to be about spending a lot of money. You know, outside of Zoom and FaceTime, many of us can't actually spend time with some of the women that we love. So what better way to show our love than to write it down? Because this is the kind of gift that, believe it or not, it's worth its weight in gold. When we first got married, my father-in-law would write us a letter every few months. And it usually wasn't more than a page. Um, and they were always the same. He'd open up by telling us that he's doing good and mom's doing good. And we'd hear about the weather in Dallas. And he'd always end by saying he hadn't hit the lottery yet. And these letters were always written in cursive. Dad's in his, you know, he's in his 70s and on into his 80s, always in cursive. And as he got older, he continued to write notes to us. Here's one that he wrote to Micaiah during uh, his last Christmas on this side in December of 2016. <laughs> Notice at the end of it, he says, 
the best returns aren't just measured in dollars. Since its passing, these notes have become priceless. I mean, looking back and reading over them, we have restored our joy, even in the midst of mourning. Taking a moment to write a letter to the woman that you love gives us a chance to pause and put into words how we really feel about them. You know, Mother's Day this year may not look like it usually does, but God can bring about a restoration of simplicity within us that will last long after this pandemic is over. I want to leave you with a scripture that's especially meaningful during this time that we're going through and it's 2 Corinthians 4, 17 through 18. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what's seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal. Amen. Coronavirus disease 2019 is the official name of the pandemic that will forever be known as the great disruptor of our generation. But what if during this time, when we looked back at this time in, in history, we see what God did to reestablish the connections within our families? See, a disruptor is something that interrupts the normal flow of the way we do and view life. And disruptors usually come in one of three ways. Number one, you're going along in your life and you make some decisions that you want to go in a totally different way. Number two, someone else makes a decision or a series of decisions that forever alters the course of your life and you have to adapt and your life goes in a different direction. And number three, circumstances outside of your control happen that forever break the way life is going and it heads off in a different direction. And that's where we are today. We're kind of caught in that tension between wanting the comfort of the old way, the way we knew our life to be, and also wanting to lean in to see what God really wants to teach us during this time. Mother Teresa says this quote, and I have quoted it for years. I love it. I hope it encourages you. The best way to change the world is to go home and love your family. My mom used to always say, life is what happens when you've got something else planned. Proverbs 16.9 says it this way, In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. And in 2020, I had plans. In fact, I kind of scheduled it all out, what I was going to do in 2020, in 2019. Every year I pick a word, and my word for the year, and I prayerfully choose this word, my word for the year is new. I even wear this little bracelet on my arm to remind me that this year I'm leaning into the new of God. I also prayerfully chose a scripture verse that kind of is the umbrella over 2020. Let me read it to you. Isaiah 43, 19. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The first half of that verse, quite honestly, really connected with me because it pulls you into the new. God has something new for me. Just this last week, I turned 50. And so I decided that in 2020, I wanted to really celebrate every month of this year. I wanted to look and see what God has done in my life in these last first 
50 years as I look forward to the new of what he's calling me to, what he'll do in my life and through me in the next 50 years. So my plan was every month this year of 2020, I wanted to do a special new event or experience with people who I really love and who have a meaningful place in my life. And so I was going, I was ready for this, and then bam, everything changed. Which by the way, I wanted to share with you, did you know that the 50th birthday is known as the Golden Jubilee year? How awesome is that? When I saw that, I was like, yes, this is my Golden Jubilee year and I'm gonna celebrate it all year. I think it almost even has a biblical ring to it, my Golden Jubilee year. And so I started out this year and bam, March 19th, we entered into the wilderness and wasteland of quarantine when our governor called for us to shelter at home and still we are. The second part of that verse really became real. God was going to make a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Well, at Purpose Church, I know that with so many of us, either who are here locally or who will watch online, I'm sure you had plans for 2020. I know that for many people, especially kids, kids wanted to be in school and finish out their school year and have their sporting events. Maybe you had some great trips planned for this year. Maybe something you've been saving for for a really long time. Maybe you were planning on getting married. My husband, Casey, and I uh, lead the merge class here at Purpose Church, which, which is the marriage prep class. And we know that some of the people had been planning their weddings for a long time and were anticipating it. And bam, within weeks of the day, the venues closed and they had to decide, do we wanna postpone our wedding? Or are we gonna do a backyard social distancing wedding? I even know somebody who got married standing in a place with the Zoom, the pastor zooming in through their computer in the kitchen. Weddings were changed. Babies, I have a dear friend who had his very first grandson and he hasn't been able to hold him or see him in person other than Zoom. Out of, protect, out of the protection order. So babies have been born, weddings have been altered. Maybe you had COVID or somebody who you love had it and you, had, you were isolated or had a scary experience in the hospital, couldn't be with people and experience personal touch. And I know that many people have lost some dear people in their lives and they didn't get to be with them in those last moments of their life or to celebrate their life in the way that they wanted to honor them. Crisis comes with a great loss, and we have to invite God into that process and process through our grief in this new norm, and God shows up for us in big ways. And I don't mean to make light of that, but there is also huge opportunity to get really creative as God wants to show us something new, to provide for us a reset of sorts. And we get to decide, are we gonna curl in a ball and wait for the storm to pass overhead and just freeze in time? Or do we wanna lean in to what God has for us and to exercise our faith muscles as we trust God in something that we've never seen before? I knew as a mom, I have six kids, and I knew as a mom, I wanted to do something. I'm, I'm, I'm a type A person, so I thought, manage the manageables. Okay, this disruptor has happened and I, I thought of three things that I could control and I'm gonna share them with you. And even if you have been kind of hunkering down and trying to adjust to how this newness is hitting you, maybe these might encourage you as well. The first thing I did is I know that my kids and their mom love a schedule. So I have six kids, but three of them live outside the home and my three sons are still at home with my husband and I. So 
My son came home, brought his work home, and now he needed to set up a workspace. My high school and middle school sons each came home and needed to set up school space. And my husband came home to work, so he needed his own space. Now, I'd always worked at home, so suddenly I had co-workers and we had to each find our little pocket. But I knew that they needed a space that was their own, that every day they could go to sit down and that was their space. I also put up a whiteboard and I wrote up the new schedule. I have one son who likes to check it off and one who just likes to make sure that he's on track. I also made sure that they knew that this was not an extended weekend or an extended vacation, that this was the new norm for a while and they needed to have a set bedtime and a regular wake up time, still do the same things they did in life before quarantine. And so chores needed to be done. I wanted them to sit down at school and be dressed for the day, teeth brushed, ready to go with them. I, Cause I just felt like that mindset sets you like you sit down and you're ready to go. So I wanted to set up a schedule and a routine for them in this new kind of craziness and chaos brings some stability into the new norm. The second thing I did is I wanted to create a space where we could have regular open communication. And little did I know, boy, do we have time for that. With all the people in our family, we're typically in world before quarantine, going off to a meeting in the evening, taking one kid to a sporting event, bringing them home, bringing a friend over, all the different things that they do. Suddenly we had time, we had time to prepare meals together. We had time to be in the kitchen chopping vegetables or making a salad or preparing the meal or cleaning up the kitchen afterward. We had a lot of time together. And so I wanted to have intentional communication and conversation with them so that they could process through what they were experiencing. So I went on Amazon and I got this from Gary Chapman, the gentleman who wrote the five love languages, has this little box of cards called 101 Conversation Starters for Families. And I bought this and I set it out in the kitchen and we go through, we pull out cards at random times and the conversations that this starts is great. So if you don't have anything like this or if you're like, I don't even know where to start with communicating with my kids or my spouse, this is a good start. We're all in a new place. And so sometimes it helps to have a starter in that way. Open communication has been really important as they, they're processing something that is really historical. And for the rest of their life, they'll look back on this time and I wanna make sure that they are extracting the lessons that they're learning. Like, what is the best thing that you've experienced because of quarantine? What is the thing you miss the most about quarantine? And just sit and listen as they pour out their heart and share because they will share. They are missing things, but they're also liking some of the new things that they're having. The next thing I wanted to do is I wanted to make it fun because I like to bring the fun and I like, because we have such a big family, but even if you have one or two people in your family, you can do this too, find games. I went on Facebook and I said, this is the age of my kids. What are your family, your family's favorite games? And you, that is the most response I've ever gotten on Facebook. People were more than happy to share just a long list of games that their family loves. So I went through and I wrote down the ones that showed up the most and one of them was, I've brought two of them. The first one is Spot It. Spot It is a little game. This can get very loud and rowdy, speaking from my own personal experience. I cannot play this game without shouting at the top of my lungs, but it causes such ridiculous laughter just for this silly little game. And this can be something little kids can play. Code Names is another game that stood out that people said, oh, you're gonna love this and the creativity that comes out of it. And so that's a game that we've been playing often. Every day since we've been quarantined, 
Now remember, we have a big family. At some point, somebody plays a game at one point in the day, even if it's solitaire. I stuck a deck of cards out on the counter next to our conversation starters, and people just pick up, start shuffling, and start playing. It's been very fun. Now, true, I'm not gonna make it sound like it's all wonderful. We are getting on one another's nerves. We are in each other's space all the time. We are dying to go somewhere or do something. But this is a really unique time that we get to spend together. So if you're in this situation and you're thinking, you know what, there have been some things left unaddressed in our relationships and we've kind of in the busyness of life pushed it aside. There, it is never too late to begin to restore those relationships, have those conversations that you've put, put off so that you can stay home and change the world. Whether you are a mom this Mother's Day and happy Mother's Day if you are, or if you are just somebody who is called to love another mother's child, which is basically everybody because we're all another mother's child. It is never too late to get creative, to really connect with people and find new ways to pray with them, talk with them and connect, whether it's in your family or in your oikos. How great would it be to look back on this time and remember it as the time when God reestablished your family connection. He is doing something new. It has sprung up. Do you perceive it?